0: What's up guys? Welcome to the long twos podcast part of the in the huddle podcast network Uh, I'm your host as always Chad Larson and uh, We're gonna get into some lists today gonna start some debating and all that kind of stuff Um, We got a top 10 guys to build your team around So this is gonna be guys that are all in their first uh, rookie contract Which means they have four years of experience in the league or less Um, and this is just going to be my personal ranking of, you know, if I had all of them in the league to choose from, you know, who would be the guys that I would pick to, you know, start my franchise, build my franchise around, um, with the ultimate goal to win some championships. So, uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. All right. So to start off the list and, uh, just to let you guys know, I did a, like I said, a top 10, I'm gonna go ahead and start with number one, actually. And just go ahead and work my way down. Um, so, the number one guy that I would like to build my team around, like I said, if I could have any pick in the league, um, would be Luka Doncic. Probably not too much of a uh, controversial pick. Um, 21 years old. I'm sorry, 21 years and 32 days old. Um, so far this season, he has, or in the 1920 season, uh, played 54 games. Averaged 28.5 points a game, nine rebounds, nine assists, um, and one steal, and shot 46% from the field, 32% from three, and 75% from the line, shooting nine threes a game and nine free throws a game, which for me, you know, that's those are those numbers are super important because as all of y'all who watch NBA know, nowadays it's all about, you know, being able to get, being able to make threes and being able to get to the basket. And those two numbers show that, you know, if, you're, if your numbers are high in those two categories, then it shows you have a high, you know, propensity to do that, which, you know, in theory, that's what all the superstars do. You know, you look at those guys. Um, James Harden is obviously the poster boy for it. He's taken like 12 and a half threes a game and 11 free throws. So you know, I mean, obviously no one's going to get as high as him with those three and free throw numbers, but Luka Doncic is, is pretty much the best you're going to do outside of that. Um, with 18 combined, uh, free throws and threes, which is actually the highest of anyone on this list. And is actually the second highest in the league. Like I said, behind, uh, Harden. Um, the reason why I'm picking Luka is pretty obvious. I mean, he has proven in his second year that, uh, he can control the game uh, no matter who they're playing against and that he's never going to get phased or never going to get rattled. You know, he has, he has a calmness factor to him with the poise, you know, everyone says he plays well beyond his years, you know, what does that mean? Well, he, I mean, like I said, at 21 years old, he controls the game, you know, from start to finish, Um, whatever way he wants the game to go 90% of the time, it's going to go that way because He just has such a big influence on the game and has his hands really in all areas of it. So for a guy to be that young, uh, you know, and to be able to to do what he does, it's just amazing. Um, Obviously he was selected as an all-star starter this year, um, which is crazy. Because like I said, second year, like in the West, um, he obviously was helped out a little bit because Steph Curry was out for pretty much the entire season. Um, but still, I mean, the season that he was putting on this year, I mean, almost averaging a triple double, a 30 point triple double at that, um, some that we've only ever seen from Russell Westbrook and for him to have been doing it this year at 20 or almost to be doing it this year at 21 years old, uh, is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, and I, I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to be like in the playoffs this year, because I think as a playoff guy, you know. You know, majority of the time we're used to seeing guys, you know, get the ball at the top of the key and have everyone else kind of get as far away from him as possible in the playoffs. And I feel like Luca, if you made a list of like guys you would want to have the ball in their hands at the end of the games, he'd be one of the top guys in the league for me. You know, he's right up there with the LeBron, uh Kawhi, Giannis, um, you know, Harden, Steph Curry, you know, Luka is obviously Steph Curry wasn't going to be in the playoffs this year, but like he's right up there with the rest of those guys to me because he can play make, he can create. His three-point numbers are are down this year, only 32%, like I said, which is kind of surprising, but he's taking, you know, a lot of tough threes, a lot of step backs, a lot of off the dribble, you know, he's not really getting any clean looks, so that's why I think his number is dropped uh, a little bit from his 38% which he was shooting last year Um, and then uh, also another thing that played a plays a huge factor in this uh, decision making for like what guys you'd want to build your team around because you know in theory like you're not just playing a pickup game we're playing with the rules and the NBA salary cap and all that so he has two years left on his deal on his current contract worth uh, 18 million dollars which plays a huge factor because like to me the best, like the biggest asset you can have in the NBA is a a superstar on a rookie deal. You know, you see it in, in football all the time, guys who are one of the best at their position, making, you know, a couple million dollars, which is one of the best things you can have. And that translates into basketball too, because it only really matters about like what five guys you can put out in the last five minutes of the game. And Luca being one of those making only $9 million a year knowing that he's worth – I mean, he's a max player making $9 million. So, you know, that's just a great asset to start your team with and start your franchise with. So, um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to our second guy, who is Jason Tatum, which if we would have done this before the season, he would not have been – he would have been on this list for sure, but I don't think he would have been number two, which just shows uh, how great of a year he's had. Um this season, he uh, fifty nine games played, twenty three point six points per game, seven point one rebounds, which is pretty good for you know a guy his size playing the small forward power forward position, um, three assists a game, one and a half steals, one block, shooting forty five percent from the line, forty percent from three, and then eighty percent from the free throw line, uh, taking seven threes a game and only four and a half free throws a game, which. Going into this season, that was like one of the things with him that that I, I just wanted more of was the threes and the free throws. He he's gotten the threes up for sure, seven point one. That's by far a career high. That's like double what he was taking uh, last season. So, um, but the four point seven free throws is, is where I feel like he could really improve. You know, I mean, if you look at him, his handle is is so much improved from last season um, that I feel like now he's a, he's really able to get by anybody um with the combination of his handle and his size and length you know he can go to the basket on anyone and he should be able to finish against you know most guys and if not finish then at least draw the foul so um that's where I feel like his biggest you know if we're looking at like projecting the next leap for guys that's where I feel like the biggest leap can be for Tatum is continuing to up his free throw because his free throws are up this year you know last year in 1819 he was only taking like three a game so he's brought it up to a little under five this year but I feel like to really be that guy that you really think he can be which to me I think he can be a, a Tracy McGrady type of player that's his comp. that's the guy who people have been saying he's been um well Tracy McGrady and like Carmelo Anthony I feel like he can kind of be a cross between those two um but yeah, he in order for him to get to that, to get into that stratosphere, he kind of needs to up his free throws. I'd like to see him, you know, getting up into the six, seven, six, seven, eight at least. You know, once you start crossing over into that threshold, that's when you know, like, you're really a superstar, elite type of player who you know can get easy points at the line because, it, like I said, he shoots eighty percent from the line. So you want him there, like you want him to get there as much as possible. Um, and he is, I don't think I mentioned this in the beginning, but he's 22 years old and 28 days. So really not, I mean, all these guys on this list are young, but like, you just like, forget how young some of these guys, like Tatum is pretty much a bona fide superstar at this point. Um, at just 20, at just barely 22 years old. So it's just really impressive to see the, the, the growth that he is, that he has developed or the growth that he has shown. Just this season alone. And uh, he has after this season, he has one year left on his deal worth nine point eight million. Now, what that means, though, is he is extension eligible this summer, meaning that he can sign a new contract that'll kick in after the end of next year. Um, And if I'm him, you know, first off, if I'm the Celtics, I'm going to sign him to a max deal because he's a max player. Um, and I think the max for him would be somewhere around like five years, 180 million. So, and, uh, at the rate he's developing, I would just say that he, he's going to show up to be worth, or he's going to turn out to be worth every single penny of that. Um, moving on to another guy, number three on the list, a guy who actually just signed a huge max extension last summer. Um, we're talking about Ben Simmons, who 23 years old, 255 days, he's actually the yeah, he's the oldest player on this list, um, but, I mean, still not even 24 yet. He's still super young. Um, and like I said, he signed that five-year, $170 million max extension last summer with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and then this season, he uh, he's, he's shown that he's worth it, um, averaging a little under 17 points a game, uh, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals, which was leading the league for – uh majority of the season. Uh shooting 58% from the field. Uh, as you guys know, he's not really a three-point shooter, so he wasn't taking any of those. Um, and then 63% from the free throw line on 5.3 free throw attempts a game. Now that is the one area or not the one area, because obviously that like the area that people are going to always look at with Simmons uh is his shooting. You know, they're always going to say, well if he can develop a jumper, if he can develop a jumper. I'm to the point now where I almost don't even expect him to develop it or have it be like a serious threat to his game. Um, Not because I'm saying I don't believe in him, but just because I almost feel like he doesn't need the jump shot to really unlock who he is as a player. What he does need, though, is he definitely needs to improve at the line. You know, a guy his size, kind of similar to similar like we were talking about with Tatum, Simmons is 6'10", 230 pounds at least. And, you know, with a frame like that and the handle that he has, I mean, he should be able to get by guys, absorb the contact and finish, and if not go to the line. Um, But that 63% number is something that's got to improve. I would love to see him get into, you know, the 75, 80% range. And I feel like if he does improve his free throw shooting, that that will actually improve the number of attempts he gets too. Because, you know, there have been games where I've watched him and I'm not going to say he shies away from contact, but he definitely is conscious of when he thinks he's going to get fouled um, and tries to avoid it because he knows like he's not the best free throw shooter in the league. Um, And I just don't feel like he has the confidence. And that's 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 the thing. His confidence is something that I feel like once he truly, truly unlocks it, then he is going to be one of the best, like one of the best players in this league. Um, I've been very critical of Simmons. Um, in the past, but really watching him this year, I tried to watch him this year with like a completely blank slate, you know, no preconceived notions about him or anything like that. And he, I mean, he really was one of the best guys in the league, especially one of the best guys in the East to me, um, because of what he can do on the defensive end. You know, two steals a game doesn't even begin to show how, like how good he is defensively. I mean, obviously with the size and the speed he's able to switch on to pretty much any guy in the league. And if not if not stop him, then at least make him work hard, um, you know, for a bucket or for a shot. And he he had a legitimate case to be, you know, make the all-defense team this year. Maybe not be defense. I mean, I'm not saying he was defensive player of the year or anything like that, but he had definitely a chance to be on that first or second team all-defense this year because he's a menace, you know, on the defensive end. Um, And I just wish offensively he played with that same confidence, because if you remember, you know, in the playoffs um, last year against Toronto, he was even when they played Brooklyn in the first round, funnily enough, he was, you know, not a guy who wanted the ball in his hands at the top of the key. You know, like I was talking about with Luca saying he's a guy who in the playoffs you want with the ball at the top of the key, you know, creating and making plays. Simmons, in theory, is a guy who I want doing that, but he's just not comfortable enough, I guess, with the ball in his hands late in the game to do that. Because, you know, you would see him a lot of times either shoved in the short corner or, you know, just not really a part of the play because they knew they were going to sag off him because he couldn't shoot. And he was I'm not going to say he was scared, but like he wasn't going to the basket because he didn't want to get fouled either. So that's where like the dilemma comes in with him is you know like he is a fascinating offensive player and a great defensive player but he just needs to get his confidence up so confidence Ben Simmons and and he could be no I mean he could end up being the best guy on this list I also would like to see him kind of get on his own team eventually um which is I hope the season does come back this year and Selfishly, I hope that the Sixers kinda lose early on in the playoffs, first or second round. Because then I think that they're gonna trade um probably Simmons because Embiid is too valuable to the franchise and like his his aura means too much to them because he's like, you know, the guy who was labeled the process. He was the one that kind of started that whole thing off. So I don't think that they would uh they would trade Embiid, but I think Simmons would definitely be available. I would I would love to see them trade him um just so he can get his own team to where he can be you know like a point power forward, almost like how LeBron is this year where he can control the offense, but then defensively, you know, he can kind of roam but also can guard guys when he needs to because like I said he's a fantastic defender. Um and he really just has the freedom to play the way he wants to play. You know, imagine him as a up and down you know, fast paced point guard in a, you know, in a, in a fast system that really likes to get up and down the court versus Philly, who's very methodical, slow it down. I mean, they want to wait for Embiid to get him a touch or something like that. So I would love to see Simmons get traded and maybe get into a situation that's more friendly to the type of player that he is. You know, that's obviously not me reporting anything about, you know, a trade or anything like that. But no, no woge bombs on this podcast, but uh, definitely something that I would like to see happen. Uh, one guy who I'd not like to see get traded because I feel like he is in like. Not the perfect situation, but he's in a great situation is going to be the number four guy on our list, and that is Zion Williamson, uh, rookie for the Pelicans, the youngest guy on this list, actually 19 years old, 269 days. Um which is crazy because if you line all these guys up, he's got a man body. Um, you know, unlike any other guy on this list. I mean, he, he's got probably one of the strongest bodies in the entire league, um, at about six six, two hundred and eighty 280 pounds or so. Um, like I said, he's a rookie. So he still has three years left on his deal at the end of this season worth, uh, 34 and a half million. And, um, those last two years, that third and fourth year, those are technically considered team options, um, where the team has the ability to either pick up the option or decline it. Um, and then the repl- then the player would become an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, with Zion Williamson, you're going to pick up that option because you want a guy cost controlled on a cheap cheap deal, um, and you want him to stay with your franchise as long as possible. So. Um, This season, he's only played 19 games. As you guys know, he missed the first half of the season or so um, with that torn meniscus that he had in his knee, um, which is kind of part of the reason why I bumped him down on this list. I don't I'm not going to say injury is a concern for him, but he was injured when he was in high school in a senior year. I mean, he's had three straight years of injuries. He was injured during a senior year of high school. He was injured at Duke. And then he was injured his rookie year in the league. And they were all lower extremity injuries. Like, it's not like they were just kind of random, you know, upper body, you know, arm and like a leg or something like that. It was all three um, leg injuries. So something to not necessarily like look out for or be worried about, but it's just something to keep an eye on. You know, when you're building a team, you kind of have to keep all factors in play. So injury, you know availability is the best ability is a a great line that I've heard before. So you want a guy who you feel like is going to be out there for 82 games, or at least, you know, as close to that as possible. Um, and I don't know with Zion's, you know, the force that he plays with and his size. uh, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a guy who's going to be available for 82 games. Don't get me wrong. I definitely hope he is because he's a joy to watch and is one of the most talented players in the league. Um, but yeah, just, just some concerns that kind of dropped him a little bit on this list, but uh, enough with the negatives with him. Let, let's get to the positive. Cause there are so many, um, this season, his rookie year, he played 19 games. Like I said, averaging 23.6 points a game, uh, 6.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists, uh, which I was kind of surprised because I thought that would have been a little higher. I I love his playmaking ability. Um, shooting or getting one steal a game, shooting 59% from the field, uh, which is insane. 46% from three on, you know, limited attempts. He's only taking 0.7 threes a game. And uh, then shooting 64% from the line on eight free throw attempts a game. So like I said, uh, like I've talked about with the other guys, the threes and free throws are important. Um, Zion's already there with the free throws, you know, eight a game. That's it's crazy cuz i actually could just see that number going up and up with him you know he could uh, he could easily by next season get into that um james harden Giannis numbers you know 11 12 free throw attempts a game because he's just i mean I'm not going to say he's unstoppable but he is impossible to move almost uh, on the low block um, and you know in the paint he he has such a quick jump such a quick second jump and he's just so athletic that uh, it, it's hard to find any other way to stop him, you know. To be honest, um, I love. What do I love? I love so much about his game, you know. Um, like I said, his ability to post up, score with the score with either hand, his touch around the basket for his age um, is phenomenal. Because normally, you know, most guys they don't really develop that soft touch until later on when they're not able to dunk everything anymore. But uh, I think with him, he he's shown that already. His touch is his touch around the rim with both hands is super soft. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason why he's shooting fifty nine percent from the field, which is ridiculous. I don't care if you're shooting everything at the rim, you know, fifty nine percent for a rookie, especially um, is great. I will say, like, at six foot six, two eighty. I don't know like I don't know what what they are going to tell him to do with his body. I don't know if they want him to lose weight, stay the way he is. Um I'm sure they don't want him to put on weight. Um but and and if they do then he'll probably have no problem doing that. But I just don't feel, I just don't know if they're going to want him to lose or kind of stay the same because at first like when he was in college or uh late in his high school career I was like man this isn't going to like, this guy isn't going to be able to play at this size in the NBA. And, I mean, you even heard it when he when he first got drafted and when he got injured, when he first tore his meniscus. Guys were saying, you know, he's going to have to lose weight, lose weight. You know, he's going to have to get on a strict diet and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he will, like, later on in his career to prolong his career. But right now, I kind of feel like he's he's at that perfect size where, like, he's not – he's definitely not fat, Um but he has the body to where it's so hard to get around him. Like he's so big and strong that he's just a, a hard guy to move. He's impossible to move. And he's a guy who, when he gets you sealed on that low block, you really have no chance because he's going to, he's going to put his ass into you. And then he's just going to go up and overpower you. And then he's going to jump higher than you. And it's going to be two points on the board, if not three, because you're probably going to foul him too. Cause you're going to think that you can stop him. But, He's going to say "Uh, uh, no way. So definitely a guy who I'm going to be looking at to be an all star next year. And like I said, the only reason why he's only fourth on this list is because he's only played 19 games um, and because, you know, the injury concerns. So next year or once he starts to show, you know, more or not consistency, when he starts to show that he can play consistently um, and is out there all the time, then he'll definitely be shooting up this list. Um, fifth on the list, a guy who has shown that he can be consistent and has shown that he's big time when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell from the Utah jazz, 23 years old, 206 days. Um, after this season actually only has one more year left on his deal for $5.2 million, which means, um, like Tatum, he is extension eligible this summer, um, Meaning that he will, I mean, he's going to get a max contract from Utah, just like how Tatum's was going to get a max contract from the Celtics. Um, he made his first all-star team this year, Mitchell did, uh, which, I mean, he's, proved, he's shown he deserved it. In 63 games this year, he averaged 24.2 points, which is a career high. 4.4 rebounds, which is a career high. 4.2 assists, which, as you can guess, is a career high. Uh, one steal a game, which... I would have thought was higher because he's pretty pesky defensively. Um, shooting 45, 30, 45% from the field, 36 from three, and 86 from the line, which all of those are also career highs. Um, shooting 6.8 threes and 4.6 free throws. Now, the one thing that stands out after reading his stats off and just kind of looking at him myself, I would have thought the free throws were higher because, you know, everyone says he has that Dwayne Wade type explosiveness um, and he has Dwayne Wade ability. Dwayne Wade, when he was young in his career, was getting to the line, I mean, 10, 12, 13 times a game. So I think Mitchell doesn't necessarily have that in him, but I think he can definitely up himself from that four and a half to, you know, kind of like what like what I said about Tatum. He can get into that six, seven range um, pretty easily because he's already taken those seven threes. So if he gets seven threes and seven free throws a game, that's really that perfect number where you want to be at, you know, because that eliminates the number of long, inefficient twos that he takes. Um which I know people hate, Um, you know, I'm sure Mitchell hates him too sometimes, but uh, Utah has done a nice job, I feel like, of of building a team around him that can complement him because, you know, you look at the guys that have uh, Conley, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, you know, those are all guys, uh, really secondary playmakers, guys who can kind of do something off of an initial creator, and Mitchell is that initial creator you know, for Utah. Um, And he's one of the best guys in the league at it. You know, I'll never, I will never forget uh, his rookie year when they were going up against OKC in the playoffs when OKC had Russell Westbrook and Paul George and no one was giving Utah a chance in hell. And Donovan Mitchell came out and was like, I don't know what you guys thought was going to happen or what, but like I'm here. And that was really him announcing himself to the league to me. You know, he played with such, you know, up to that point, that was kind of the first time, you know, I'll be the first to confess, I, I'm not up late at night watching Utah Jazz games. You know, I'm on the East Coast and they usually play late. So I'm not up watching a lot of Utah games, but I had watched him a couple of times. And I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. And then to see him announce himself on that stage, I was like, man, this guy If not already, then he is surely on his way to becoming a superstar and one of the best guys in the league, which I think he is now. I mean, I would say he's probably in the top 20, 25 players in the league, Um, which is really impressive for a guy only in his third third year, I guess, now. Um, Yeah, and I hope the NBA comes back because I can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs this year. You know, last year against Houston, um, they really just ran into a team that was way better than them. And, you know, it was hard for him to kind of overcome that. But uh, but he still had some games last year in the playoffs. I remember the one quarter, I think he had like 20 – he had like 24 and a quarter um, against Houston last year to lead them to a win, the one win that they got in that series. And uh, I'm telling you, man, he's just a big-time guy, big-time player uh, who shows up in big-time games. And that's like – for me, that's one of my favorite characteristics in any player. You know, if you prove to me that you can do it in the playoffs, and and I say prove to me, I don't think anyone, I don't think Donovan Mitchell's lacing them up at night saying, "Shoot, I got to prove Chad Larson, I got to prove that Chad Larson uh, knows what he's talking about," or I got to prove to Chad Larson that I can play in this league. Like, nah, obviously they're not doing that. But to me, I always love to see when guys get those playoff reps, you know, those playoff numbers and have big playoff performances like what Mitchell's done. That's why. You know, I've been accused of liking him too much or overrating him, but that's the reason why is because I just I, I really value playoffs and I value playoff success. So um, but all right, guys, so we made it through the top five so far. Now we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break and uh, then we're going to come back with the remaining five. All right. Welcome back, guys. Um, We're going to go ahead and get right back into it with our number six pick or yeah, number six pick, I guess. Um, Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, He's 22 years and 211 days old, which is kind of crazy because he has the most experience. Well, him. Well, yeah, he has the most experience of um, any player on this list, but still is about middle of the pack as far as age. Um one thing I like about Ingram uh well let, let's just go ahead and get into it he uh has played 56 games this year averaging 24.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, 4 assists, one steal, shooting 46% from the field, 39% from 3 and 86% from the free throw line, taking 6.3 threes a game and 5.9 free throws a game. So about six and six for threes and free throws, which I was going to say, that's what I love most about um, the development in his game this year. You know, last year, he was a very, very reluctant three-point shooter when he was with the Lakers. Um, And this year, he's really expanded his range. You know, he, when he was with the Lakers, it really felt like mid-range was where he was comfortable. He wasn't even really comfortable that much shooting the three. um, But what kind of Take it when he felt like he was forced to, because, you know, when you're playing with LeBron, you have to kind of give yourself some type of you have to make the defense respect you somewhat as a shooter. So that way that can create driving lanes for guys like Bron and Lonzo when he was on the team as well. Um, but this year, Ingram has completely changed his shot. It's, it's just a much better form. He took all he took the hitch that was in it at a, he had like a hitch in, a, in the midway point of his shot that he's completely taken out this year. And it's just a much smoother jump shot. Um, And that's allowed him to, you know, take that next step into becoming an all-star player, which he was this year, which I'm going to be honest. I didn't, I had kind of almost given up on him as like an all-star, like a superstar type of guy um, after last season, because I felt like if he wasn't going to do it next to LeBron, I didn't think he ever was going to. And now this year, I mean, he's proven to be, you know, one of the best pure scorers in the game. Um, kind of starting to live up to that KD type of hype that he was getting uh, coming into the draft and when he was in college. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that he's going to be that type of guy, but because I don't think he's as good a scorer. However, I think he actually is a, a, a really fascinating um, playmaker with the ball in his hands, you know, not just a score first, score second, score third type of guy. He's one of those where I really feel like he – Um, you know, makes the right plays for others, even going back to when he was at Duke. um, He's always shown that playmaking ability. And in fact, when he was with the Lakers, um, especially in his, I believe it was in his second year, there was a stretch of about 20 games or so where he was really, where he was starting for them at point guard. Um, And it was interesting to see, you know, I felt like he really kind of unlocked his playmaking ability during that time. But then When he was playing with LeBron last year, um, he kind of had to take a step back with that because they had already had him, you know, Rondo, uh, Lonzo ball. So they were just looking at him to score, but now this year in New Orleans, he's, he's unlocked that again. Um, and he's really shown that he is one of the best all around offensive players in the league. Um, and is definitely worthy of a huge contract because he is actually a restricted free agent this summer. Um, The Lakers never gave him a contract extension, and then obviously New Orleans wanted to see what they had in him before they offered him anything. So he's currently restricted – or he's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason, but you would expect uh, the Pelicans to go ahead and give him a max contract Um, because, like I said, if you're an all-star, still only 22 years old, still has room to develop his game and expand his game, then, uh, then, you know, he's definitely proven that the sky is the limit for him. And he should be rewarded with a nice, healthy contract. Um, moving on to the number seven pick or number seven guy on this list. One of my personally, one of my favorite players in the league, um, and that's Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's a 21-year, 263-day old um, guard for the. Who's he play for? Oh, I'm I'm sorry, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um currently after or after this season has two years left on his deal, worth 9.6 million total. So very, very cheap for the type of production that you're gonna be getting out of him. And that production is this season 63 games, 19.3 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists, one steal, shooting forty seven percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three, and eighty percent from the line only taking three and a half threes a game and five free throws. Um, those are kind of the areas where I'm a little not concerned with him, but I would like to see him continue to develop himself. But I mean, he's, he's made one of the biggest jumps, um, of any of these young guys, I think from season one to season two, um, last year he was really counted on as a, or he was really more of a role player with the Clippers. Um, you know, just playing off guys like, you know, Lou will, um, Mont or, yeah, Luwell Montrez, pick and roll, uh, things like that. You know, he was only averaging about 10 points a game last year for them. But this year for OKC, I mean, he's almost doubled his scoring average, up to 19 points a game, and has really taken on that role of not necessarily being the superstar because, you know, when you look at them, you still see Chris Paul as the headline. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander has um, proven that he's one of the best guards, you know, in the in the West for sure and was even – I mean, up for all-star consideration. And for a guy as young as him, uh, you know, just in his second year to be considered for the all-star team, you know, in the Western Conference, as loaded as it is, then, you know, that's an accomplishment in itself. Um, I think for him to continue to develop, like I said, the three-pointer has to improve. Um, he's actually shooting it better or he's shooting it more this year than he was last year. In uh, LA, he was only taking, he was taking less than two attempts a game. And like I said, this year he's up to three and a half. So he's shown the, and and he's kept that percentage um, right around thirty-five percent. So he's shown the propensity to take it more. Now I think he just needs to continue to gain that confidence. Um, you know, he's shown that he has a good a good stroke um, with that eighty percent free throw rate. Um, I think the free throw percentage is something that really gets downplayed when looking at someone as a shooter the free throw percentage is really what pro what shows you know your ability to become a good shooter i think because it shows that you have the mechanics to hit a 15 footer consistently but now it's just a matter of creating that range and kind of stepping out and you know expanding that range because i feel like he's super comfortable in the mid-range and uh you know shooting mid-range pull-ups it's just a matter of him continuing to get that work and uh, put the work into the off season, which I know he'll do. Cause you know, you've just seen the, the improvement from year one to year two with him. Um, and so I, I can just imagine that, you know, this summer and next summer, he'll just continue to continue to improve his game offensively. Also the, another thing I like about him is he is a very malleable type of player. You know, he can play in, in LA. He was primarily their point guard majority of the time where he was in and then this year with OKC he's been playing a lot of two even a little bit of small forward um, when they go to a three-guard lineup with Paul Dennis Schroeder and then Shea but uh you know with that that, that's part of what comes with him at his six foot six frame you know his ability to um, guard multiple guys and also offensively do a lot of different things because of his unique skill set you know he can play on the ball obviously Um, can play off of it too. Like I said, the three point shooting is what's going to have to improve for him to really reach his capability as far as playing off the ball. But I think for now, uh, he's just a guy who's going to continue to project up and up and up as his career moves forward. One thing, though, with him is like his feel for the game for a guy so young, like I said, 21 years old, um, is something that is well, well, well beyond his years. Um, because, like, he, you know, you'll just see him, you know, running these pick and rolls and stuff with, you know, Stephen Adams or whoever. And uh, he'll just get in that lane. And he'll just be so poised and so calm, you know, wait to the absolute last second to either throw the lob to the big or, you know, to go up. Or he'll get to his spot and shoot that little pull up mid-range that I said he he likes so much. Um, and he, yeah, you know, he and he shows it on defensively, too, getting over to help at the right time. Coming, you know, I've seen, I saw videos of him, you know, when they were playing the Lakers, and Anthony Davis is looking like he's about to go kill, you know, I don't know Stephen Adams or someone like that in the post, and Shea just comes over from the backside and just rips him and goes, because he's shown that, you know, he has a huge, a high, super, super high basketball IQ, even for a guy at such a young age. So he's going to be fascinating to continue to watch develop. Uh, moving on to number eight, another guy who I love. Um, I don't know why, but apparently I, I just have an affiliation for Kentucky or for former Kentucky Wildcats. Um, cause on my list at number eight, I have D Fox point guard for the Sacramento Kings. Now he is 22 years old, 102 days, puts him right in the, right about in the middle of this group. Um, which makes sense cause he's completed three years in the league so far. So. Um, and with him completing three years, that means he is extension eligible this summer. Um, so look for him to get a max contract from the Kings or very close to a max contract. Um, cause I think he's worth every single bit of it. Um, on his contract that for next season though, he has one year, $8.1 million, um, before, you know, that contract, that extension will kick in whatever he signs for this off season. Um, the season 1920, he has played 45 games, uh, averaged 20.4 points, four boards, seven assists, one and a half steals, shooting 47% from the field, 31% from three, and 70% from the line, taking three and a half threes and 6.8 free throws. Now, I love that free throw number from him because he, he is one of the quickest guys in the entire league, and that's no exaggeration. Uh, he can blow by pretty much anybody that's guarding him at any time and get to the rim on guys. Um, I like that this year. He's not settling so much for the mid range jumper. You know, a lot of guys they'll sag off of him to, to force him to shoot and he'll just not force these bad mid range shots, but he'll, he'll play into what the defense wants him to do and take the mid range shot versus, you know, when he plays downhill and gets himself going, um, he gets all the way into the basket or gets all the way to the basket and can finish over guys around guys, or can, you know, make the smart play. Like I said, seven assists a game. Um, you know, I just kind of thought about this, but I kind of can see it's weird. Not really. Like, I don't think they're the exact same player because this guy I'm going to compare him to isn't as explosive, but I can see him as a Tony Parker type, you know, never a huge shooter. Um, You know, I don't think Tony Parker was ever a guy who was shooting, you know, that many threes a game, but, um, was a guy who you were always afraid of, always afraid of getting into the paint and, um, you know, making plays for himself or making plays for others. And one thing I like about Fox is he's not a guy who, who holds the ball all game long, you know, as a point guard, he, he definitely distributes it. Now, part of that has to do with, you know, they have other guys that can handle it. Uh, Buddy Heald can, can play make a little, um, Bogdanovich he can play make a whole lot who he's also actually a free agent this summer so I'll be fascinated to see um what they do with him knowing that they have uh, Fox's contract extension on the way as well and they just signed Buddy Heald to a huge contract last summer um so Fox uh yeah so Fox and Tony Parker I feel like kind of a kind of a pretty good comparison for the guy um Definitely could stand to improve his three-point shooting. Um, even if not, you know, I'm not saying he needs to become a dead-eye, like off-the-dribble guy, but catch-and-shoot I think will go a long way for him as far as, you know, continuing to learn how to play off the ball and uh, continuing to allow him to get that free-throw percentage up or free-throw rate up because, you know, the more he can consistently make that corner three, guys will then come out on him. You know, he'll be able to ball fake and then get to the basket on him. Um but the the number one thing I love about Fox is just his, his intangibles. You know, I remember, you know, in fact, he actually ins- he, he inspired me to do this list because I was watching a game of his from college when uh, he was on Kentucky and they played North Carolina in the Elite Eight um, back in 2017. And, uh, you know, he had a great game. Well, he didn't have a great game. He had an okay game. But he was coming off a great game where he had like 39 points against UCLA when he played Lonzo Ball. I'm sure that's, that's a game a bunch of people probably remember. Um, but, yeah, and then the next game, he had a he had an okay game. But um, he, after the game, I just remember seeing him and Bam Adebayo, another guy who we're going to get to in a minute, just crying their eyes out. Um, and he gave, you know, a super passionate speech about – how much he loved his team and how much he loved his brothers. And, you know, a lot of guys say stuff like that and, you know, rah, rah, all this other stuff, but like he, his was so genuine. Like you could really feel the emotions, you know, pouring out when he was talking. So um, ever since then I've just been all in on De'Aaron Fox and I'm going to continue to do so because I think he gets not a bad rap, but I think he gets underlooked because playing in Sacramento, people just kind of assume Sacramento was, they started off this year horribly, and people just assumed from that point on that they were, like, one of the worst teams in the league. They've actually they actually crawled themselves back into, uh, you know, the ninth spot in the playoff, or they were tied for the ninth spot with uh, the Pelicans. And so they were having, you know, and they were playing well um, before the season ended. In their last ten games, they were 7-3, and three, you know, before the season was, you know, abruptly uh, cut short or whatever is going to end up happening still don't know yet but uh, so they were playing good basketball and De'Aaron Fox was part of it you know that middle stretch where they in the beginning stretch where they struggled was partly because he was injured Uh, he was out with a foot injury and but ever since he's gotten back and gotten to 100% they've been they've hit the ground running Um, ninth guy on our list another guy whose team has well, I wouldn't say Sacramento overperformed, but this guy's team definitely overperformed. We're talking about Ja Morant, the rookie point guard for the Grizzlies. Um, 20 years old, 234 days. Uh, Currently, well, for the next three years, he has a three-year, $30.8 million contract. And like I said with Zion, those last two years technically are considered team options, but obviously for Memphis, it's a no-brainer that they're going to pick those up. Um, because it'll keep them at a low salary and allow them to, you know, build around uh, John Morant and, you know, some of those other pieces. I actually like Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot for them too. Um, Brandon Clark was a guy who I really wasn't high on going into the year or after, even after the draft, um, but he's proven, I mean, he's not like the greatest player in the world, but he's a nice piece uh, who I think can continue to, or who's going to definitely be on their team for a while and is going to be a difference maker for them. Um, But, you know, it all starts with Ja. You know, 59 games played this year, 17.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, shooting 49% from the field, 37 from 3, 77% from the line, 2.43s a game, and uh, only 4.5 free throws, which is probably the most surprising of any of these guys, because I feel like Ja Moran is always at the rim. You know, I'm always seeing videos of him either dunking on people or or trying to dunk on people and, you know, all that other stuff. But, excuse me. But he, uh, yeah, to only be at four and a half free throw attempts for to me is, is criminal for him because he's a guy who should be like De'Aaron Fox. You know, he should be up seven. He's got that type of quick first step. And the thing about Ja also is he has the ability to just elevate and, and finish over guys all day long. So I could easily see him, you know, getting up into that seven, eight free throw attempts real quickly. You know, once he kind of learns the how to navigate the paint in the league and and once he starts getting those calls um, like the star that he is and will continue to be for a long time. Uh, he's the he's the second youngest guy on this list, but you you wouldn't tell. Wouldn't be, able, Although all these guys, really, um, all these guys kind of play with pace or play with uh, poise and, you know, well beyond their years of experience. Um, but Ja, I mean, from the second he came in the league, he's just been a guy who you haven't been able to take your eyes on. I mean, he's been the most exciting rookie from the start of the season to the end of the season. Obviously, Zion has done his thing as well, but he's been, you know, out for a majority of the year. But Ja Moran has just continued to – to be a a steady guy and a guy who's putting on highlights every single night for Memphis. Um, And like I said, he put them in the playoff race as the eighth seed um, from a team who most people were talking about was either going to be the worst or one of the worst teams in the Western conference. Um, No one really expected this, but you know, Jaws just, he, he apparently just has a way of, of, you know building his team to to and bringing them to new levels that people didn't think that they were going to get to um and like i said him being the cornerstone of that franchise along with some other pieces they, they have a bright future in memphis for sure um and then the number 10 guy on this list the the last guy that we're going to wrap up with is uh bam Adebayo from the miami heat probably a surprising pick for some listeners um 22 years, 257 days, uh, completing his third year in the league, which means he'll be extension eligible this summer. Um, And he has one year, $5 million or $5.1 million remaining on his deal. And he's another guy who's going to get paid this summer. I mean, he is probably going to get, he's going to get that max extension or, you know, he's going to get some type of max type of money. Um, I don't know if the Heat are actually going to do it this offseason because, you know, they've got plans for free agency down the road and all this other, you know, stuff they're trying to jigger with and all that. But uh, he's definitely a guy who is worth who is a max type of player, uh, in my opinion. And that's because this year in 65 games, he's averaging 16 points, uh, 10 and a half rebounds, five assists, five assists from a from a center, which is crazy. Um, 1.2 steals, 1.3 blocks, shooting 56% from the field, um, not shooting threes really, so leave that out. And then shooting 69% um, from the free throw line on 5.3 attempts. The thing about Bam that like that that put him on this list for me is the fact that he's such a malleable type of player. You know, you can play him as a four or a five, really, because with his foot speed and his quickness on the perimeter. You know, he's able to guard fours. Um, He's able to rim protect against other against guys going to the basket, which he's doing currently for Miami. Um, I talked about in one of my earlier podcasts, I feel like he's up for the defensive player of the year um, because he really has proven to be one of the most versatile defenders in the league this year, especially as a big man. Um, And offensively, I mean, he's made a living off playing and pick and roll. You know he's catching lobs, finishing over guys, finishing around guys. Um, you know he's catching that short roll. the The thing that that today's bigs that they've expanded about their game more so than ever before is the ability to catch that short roll. You know, almost like you know you're running a pick and roll, like way at the top of the key, and they'll trap the they'll trap the pick and roll, and that big man will just kind of show at the free throw line area, and then he just has to make decisions, and you see. All the time, whenever I watch Miami, because um, I I'd like to watch them a lot because I really enjoy what they do. But, you know, you're seeing Bam catch at the free throw line and and face guys up and attack um, and go, you know, th- usually they're playing four on three at that point. Um, and he's always finding the right guy, whether it be, you know, Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero in the corners for threes or, you know, Kendrick Nunn hitting him or, you know, like I said, Bam just finishing for himself because he's one of the most explosive guys in the league. I I saw a video of him. I swear he hung in the air for like five seconds for a a lob, literally stopped in midair, contorted his body like the opposite direction, and just slammed a reverse dunk. And I was like, man, like that guy, his explosiveness and his versatility make him one of the best guys in the league, one of the best young players for sure. And, you know, to me, he's a guy who – uh, I'm gonna always want on my team because I value defense and playmaking and that's what he can bring to the he can bring that to any team. So, like I said, that'll conclude our top ten. Um, then I'm gonna just hit real, real quick, two quick snubs, um, or guys that people might think are snubs, like the first two guys I kinda thought of outside of this list. Obviously, one is Trey Young. Um, averaging 29 points, 9 assists, shooting 43% from the field, 36 from 3, 86 from the line. Um and I'm not going to lie, Trey Young is a very 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 good offensive player. You know, uh, he's top 10 in the league in offensive real plus minus, which is not like a the end all be all of stats, but it's a stat that can really show you, you know, everything about a guy's offensive game and then defensive real plus minus can show you about the guy's whole defensive game which is one of the parts that's concerning because uh Trey Young's defensive real plus minus is minus 3.12 now you're probably saying I don't understand that or really but put it like this out of 93 point guards that recorded enough minutes to qualify this year he ranks 93rd he is dead last for point guards and you're probably like all right well point guards yeah but he he's still you know better than some guys no out of the 503 total players in the league that have qualified for this he is 503rd he is dead last the worst defender in the league and you know I don't think it's necessarily like the worst thing because I'm not saying like he doesn't try or anything like that but I'm just saying like he's small and he does not make it a priority at all to be, you know, even an average defender, which I can't fault him because, you know, he's playing on one of the worst teams, Atlanta's 20 and 47. So he has to score, you know, he has to play make for them. So he doesn't have energy to play defense as much. But I just can't build my team around, you know, a guy who not only can't play defense, but really doesn't even have the, the body or the frame to 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 one day be a good defender, you know. Um, and the thing is about Trey, like I'm, I'm super critical of him. I've always, you know, since he got into the league, I've been pretty critical of him, but that doesn't mean like that. I'm not a guy who wants to see him succeed. I want to see him do well and all that, but it's just like those glaring weaknesses in his game. I want to see him improve him. Um, I want to see him take that next step and become, you know, a guy who, cause I mean, he's already an all-star starter. He was already an all-star starter this year in his second year, but he's just not, to me, the guy who I would want to build my franchise around yet. Still super, super young. Um, so he has a lot of time to improve that. But, you know. And the last guy we're going to talk about is Jalen Brown, um, averaging 20 a game with six rebounds for the Celtics, shooting 49 percent from the field, 38 from three, 73 from the line. Um, basically, for me, the big reason I left him off is because he's like the only guy that I had talked about that I don't feel like you can really carry your offense, um, especially as far as perimeter guys. Uh, The only big man I had was Bam, but like I even talked about with him, you can kind of, or in Zion, technically. um, You can kind of build your offense around them because they're playmaking guys. Um, You know, Jalen only averaging two assists a game. And that's even been the knock on him since college when he was at Cal. Um, Just a poor assist to turnover ratio. And I just like to see him expand his his playmaking, you know, more, which he doesn't necessarily need to do um, on the Celtics because he has so many playmakers around him. But that was just part of the reason why I feel like I left him off my list. So with that being said, guys, um, thank you for listening. Uh, Go ahead and leave a comment or, you know, like, subscribe, review. Uh, Let me know what you think of my list, uh, where you guys think that I was wrong or what you guys would have had differently. And um, like always, go ahead and let me know if there are any topics that you guys want to hear. And uh, we'll go ahead and look out for you on the next episodes. Thank you, and we'll see you all later.